This is Own Your Retirement with Albert Lalonde from Kaizen Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Albert Lalonde provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Own Your Retirement with Albert Lalonde. Hello, and welcome back to Own Your Retirement. My name is Albert Lalonde from Kaizen Financial Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, give us a call at 586-752-7008 or visit us online at www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com. You know, minimalism is all the rage, so there's been no shortage of articles and stories about the power of getting rid of some of your stuff. There are even full TV shows dedicated to the topic. Now, loyal listeners of our show know we've also addressed the fact that when it comes to your retirement strategy, downsizing, or your legacy plan, your kids do not want your stuff. But for the purpose of today's show, let's change our mindset a little bit to focus on some of your possessions that your kids and grandkids may in fact want. So if you're nearing retirement or have already reached that goal and are beginning the downsizing process, grab a pen and paper and jot down some ideas. But before we unpack that box of stuff that you thought you end up taking to the goodwill, let me introduce my co-host, Tony Shore, who never has to worry about ending up on the discard pile. <laughs> well, gee. Hi, Tony. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, gee, thanks. I'm like that trusty <clears throat> hammer you take with you every time you've moved. Uh, I'm always there to get the job done when you need me. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for the great introduction today. Wow. Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> Um, I've been good. I've been busy. It's been a crazy week uh, for me anyway. And yeah. it just seems like fall is a busy time. You know, how about for you, oh, Albert? Man. Is it busy for you? It, it, it is, but it's a good busy. I, I love the fall and the colors and just even the cool, crisp air. So uh, for me, this is my favorite season of the year. Oh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. So uh, it sounds like you have quite a show put together for us. And, uh, you know, I, I always like it when we challenge our own preconceived notions. Uh, you know, we have our th the way we think things should be. But like you said, uh, you know, you've spent time on previous shows talking about, you know, how uh, their kids and grandkids might not want their stuff when it comes to legacy mm -hmm. planning as far as right. the stuff you've accumulated over the years. So uh, I'm looking forward to talk about the things that the uh, younger people in your family may in fact want. So how do you want to get this conversation started? Well, you know, an AARP article, 12 things your kids actually might want to inherit, actually has uh, some useful information that I think may be beneficial for older folks. Uh, the article's first prized item is photos, but with reason. Your kids and grandkids don't want dozens and dozens of photo albums full of hundreds of snaps of Thanksgiving dinners and family picnics. But chances are some of the photos are meaningful. Perhaps the photos are of a treasured family trip to Disney World. Or maybe there are fascinating photos of a long ago relative who fought in the Civil War. 
Let your kids and grandkids set the tone on this one and be grateful for what they take off your hands while remembering to not take it personally if they don't want a dozen photos of Uncle Lenny, you know, scooping mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving dinner in 1974. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm somewhat of a history buff and I love those old black and white photos, you know, Uh, Civil Mm -hmm. War or old World War I soldiers having portraits taken, you know, but... Yeah. I'm sure anyone with family photos like that uh, would want to hang on to them, right? I would agree. Um, but, you know, it collects dust like everything else, doesn't it? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the next category, knickknacks, is probably a little confusing because it's not likely you're going to find many takers for your 78-piece Elvis Presley, you know, collectible plate collection. <laughs> um, But that said, certain knickknacks may hold value for some of your kids and grandkids. You may have a small piece of art or, uh, let's say, other collectible from a foreign trip that a a grandkid would love to display in their bedroom. Or perhaps uh, it's an item that's been passed down through your family for generations that a younger person in your life will have grown up admiring or being curious about. Well, and uh, things that, you know, somebody can hang up or display on a shelf are especially valued, I think, because... You know, then you don't have to find a place in the basement or attic to store a bunch of boxes. You just need to find the perfect spot on a shelf or a wall. And that's a little thing that can make a big difference. That That's a great point, Tony. Definitely. Now, this next item, toys, is near and dear to my heart. And I'm guessing many of our listeners agree. Now, whether it was Davy Crockett's toys in the 50s, Barbies in the 60s, or Star Wars action figures in the 70s and 80s, many of us have a toy that defines our childhood. Now, if you come across a box of toys in the basement that you and your kids have forgotten about, and a quick peek reveal Star Wars toys, guess what? They're probably going to want them, Tony. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember Star Wars toys. Wish I had hung on to them and taken a little better care of them. You know what I mean? Um, Yes. But, you know, if you want to see a 45-year-old become eight again, hand them a couple of their old Star Wars (laughs) toys and watch their eyes light up, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, my brother-in-law collected them and still does from its original package. Wow, yeah. Oh, yes. Well, like many folks here, some of my strongest memories revolve around holidays as well. You know, whether Independence Day, Halloween, like we're having here in in a few days, uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas. Accordingly, the Christmas tree drop, topper, I should say, um, is the beloved carving knife or a Halloween decoration that's delighted the family for decades are all items that bring that, you know, warm sense of nostalgia and are therefore things that your kids and grandkids are likely to happily take off your hands. Yeah, and... You know, there are certain holiday collectibles out there that as soon as I see them, uh, my mind immediately returns to the days when I was five years old again, sitting at grandma's (laughs) breakfast table, you know, things like that on a holiday. Some things can really pack an emotional wallop, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, Um, the next thing is that the AARP articles notes is that while many younger people aren't interested in taking ownership of boxes and boxes of stuff, 
they do have an interest that or interest in larger assets like the family car you no longer need or even the family home. And while that's probably no surprise from a financial standpoint, some family members are likely to inherit uh, something like a car or a home with the intention of using them rather than selling them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's 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 for sure. Now, before we move on, why don't we take a moment to let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you, Albert, uh, to set up a financial and legacy plan uh, to make sure they leave their loved ones in a good situation. Sure. You know, listeners can visit my website at www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com. Or as always, you can call my office at 586-752-7008 and discuss how we might be able to answer your questions and address your concerns about your path to retirement. Well, the show's been an eye opener so far. Albert, what do you have for us next? Well, you know, the next family heirloom that the AARP article, 12 Things Your Kids Actually Might Want to Inherit, suggests that your kids and grandkids may want is grandma's recipes. Now, this is big for me. My grandma, true Sicilian, loved her cooking. But the first thing to remember uh, with this one is that it actually has very little to do with the recipes. After all, you can Google just about any recipe you can imagine. But grandma's recipes, whether in a book or an index card holder, connect to something much deeper. You know, when you follow a recipe that's written in your grandma's hand, you're not only going to end up with a great meal, you're going to enjoy the waves of memories that come rushing back to you. Now, whether it was her special meatloaf or the German chocolate cake she made every year on your birthday, the fact is items like grandma's recipes connect us to the people who, even though they may be gone, are still a very real part of our lives. Yeah. And I think it's amazing how many of us have memories of our grandmas that revolve around food. My grandma Whelan made the best pies and cooked the best (laughs) meals I mean, I just, I remember her food tasting so much better than any other food I've ever eaten before or since. So um, uh, I think that's a good one. I'm glad you brought that up. Here's what I'm curious about, though, uh, is furniture. Where does furniture fit in? I mean, on the one hand, furniture is usually, it's big, it's space filling, making it something that your kids and grandkids won't want to bother with or might not have room for. But on the other hand, quality furniture that lasts is expensive, which may mm-hmm. make it something that uh, family members might want. You know, that's a great question, Tony. And you're absolutely right. Furniture is a tricky one. Uh, the AARP article notes that while few younger people have interest in big old sofas, smaller and timeless pieces of furniture do hold appeal. Uh, rocking chairs, for example, with their simple elegance, maybe something you know a child or grandchild would love to put in their own living room. Uh, this is another area where you don't want to try and, I guess, make the choices for your kids and grandkids. Uh, let them indicate to you what they're interested in. And again, don't let your feelings get hurt if they don't take some of your favorite items. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times our kids or grandkids aren't going to want our stuff, <laughs> right? Uh, right? But I'm glad you're giving examples of things that they might want. And this is all part of legacy planning and part of uh, preparing for, uh, you know, retirement and, and your later years in life. And I think the reality is, as we settle into retirement and begin the downsizing process, we're just going to have to let go of some things we'd hope to hang on to because, you know, we can't take it with us. But Um, Retirement is about freedom and experiences. It isn't about holding on to all that stuff you don't need or use anymore. 
You're absolutely right, Tony. I mean, it's it is about having that uh, minimalist uh, attitude, uh, just so that uh, uh, you know you can not have to worry about those things. And more importantly, it'd be great to see the faces when you do are able to share that with your kids or grand grandkids. Yeah. Um, but now, for many of us. Records were the primary way we enjoyed music while growing up. But in the 80s, vinyl gave way to cassettes, and in the 90s, cassettes gave way to CDs. And now it's all about streaming. But even with the undeniable uh, popularity of services like Spotify, vinyl is enjoying something of a renaissance, actually. Oh, yeah. And that means those records that have been sitting up in the attic since disco was king, maybe something your hip grandkids would love to take off your hands. Now, Dusting off that old turntable and enjoying some vinyl music may be a great way for your kids to connect with their own kids. Yeah, in fact, it's funny. I'm glad you brought this one up. Um, I That's my hobby. I'm a record yes. collector. I collect vinyl, as you know, Albert. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I buy and sell uh, vinyl and uh, records. And uh, have I've been collecting records since I was in junior high, so all my life, basically. And yeah. uh, my two oldest kids of my three are into vinyl now. Uh, one's 18 nice. and one's 22, and they have started uh, collecting and listening to records. So uh, I love that. It's a fun hobby, and it's just I'm really into music, so that helps. So I have a pretty big record and CD collection, and <laughs> and I stream, so I, I, I do it all. But I'm glad you brought that one up because that's my personal hobby. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm really, really into it. But, and, and, and you're right. Uh, for some people out there, disco will always be king, but not, not me, obviously, not for me, no. but for some people. Now, at the top of the show, uh, I said I'm like that reliable old hammer that you, you bring with you every time you move, but, and I stand by that. But I'm also guessing uh, tools are something a lot of younger folks would be glad to take off your hands, right? You hammer that nail straight and true, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, bad joke. Okay. All right, so one thing about tools, regardless of what era, you know, they were purchased in, is that they can be expensive. If if you got a set of, let's say, brand name tools sitting in the corner of the garage gathering dust, you should consider offering them up to a kid or grandkid. Uh, This is one where you may want to push a little bit. Because, see, use some of your own experiences dealing with the toilet flooding at 2 in the morning or the million uh, (laughs) different reasons you suddenly found yourself in need of a wrench to reinforce that uh, reasonably stocked toolbox is something most of us just can't do without. Yeah, good point right there. And uh, and nothing will make you feel quite as powerless as standing ankle deep in water in your basement trying to find that one Mm -hmm. tool you need to get the situation under control, right? (laughs) Truer words have rarely been spoken, Tony. (laughs) Now, jewelry is another collectible that's likely to intrigue some of your kids and grandkids. Uh, Now, many of us end up with a fair amount of fun, but not terribly valuable jewelry throughout the years. And that's the kind of stuff that's probably bound for goodwill. But with some special pieces of jewelry, you'll want to be more strategic. Uh, If you no longer wear jewelry that has significant value, your best option maybe to sell those pieces to add to your own retirement financial strategy. But with pieces that have more sentimental than monetary value, you'll want to be sure they end up in the right hands. Perhaps it's your great-grand or your great-great-grandmother's wedding ring or the huge and sturdy pocket watch that belonged, you know, to a long-ago uncle who worked on the railroad. 
Whatever those items of importance are, make sure they and the stories are passed along in the family. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we've been having a great time talking about some of these things that might be sitting around your house, things that you have that your kids and grandkids may want to take off your hands. And as you fully embrace retirement, uh, getting rid of some of the stuff you don't need anymore uh, while you're still around to kind of free you up, it's it's a simple way to enjoy a smaller and more manageable lifestyle. And yet it's also a way to see enjoyment and give to your family while you're still around to do it. Uh, why wait until after you're gone to really uh, pass these things along? I think that's another important point here. Uh, what do you have for us next? You know, we spent our first two segments highlighting items that have more sentimental than financial value. So let's do a 180 and look at potentially viable things that may be sitting in your home right now. Uh, from another AARP article, 10 surprisingly valuable collectibles hiding in your home. Um, it has a lot of fun information. Uh, the first item the article mentions is action figures, like we said, Star Wars. Sure. You know, Earlier, we mentioned Star Wars action figures as something your kids and grandkids may take home with them after their next visit. But if those little plastic heroes have a healthy sticker price, you may want to reconsider. You know, As the article notes, a Star Wars uh, Boba Fett rocket-firing prototype figure that came off the assembly line in 1979 sold for about $62,000 last year in September. Wow. Yeah. Also in 2020, an X-Men Magneto figure from 2015 sold for $2,700. Wow. Wow. X-Men Magneto. uh, You know, I'm somewhat familiar with that, but $2,700, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'd say. You know, along the same lines as action figures, that box of Barbie dolls you haven't thought about in a few decades may be holding some real treasures. Uh, a 1959 One Brunette Barbie sold on eBay earlier this year for $9,500. Wow. You know, not bad for something that was probably purchased at the drugstore or the cereal and toy aisle at Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the one I know listeners out there might be waiting for when it comes to valuable collectibles, and that's baseball cards. Ah, yes. Though the baseball card and sports memorabilia market has fallen off considerably due to, you know, oversaturation during its zenith in the 1990s, there are still plenty of sports cards with real value. Uh, In fact, a 1989 Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card in perfect condition recently fetched $1,400. And a 1952 Mickey Mantle card last sold for 2.8 million. Oh, right. And remember that it's not just baseball cards. A 1979 Topps Wayne Gretzky hockey card sold for a whopping hundred thousand dollars last year. And then some Tom Brady rookie cards right now can command more than ten thousand dollars if they're in excellent condition. Uh, wow, I can't even begin to tell you how much I'm regretting all those times. When I was a kid, I used uh, my baseball cards. I pinned them to the spokes of my bike uh, because I liked it. Uh, I used a clothespin and attached it to the spokes of the bike because I liked the sound it made. Uh, I'd probably already be retired if I hadn't made that mistake. Right. <laughs> no, I doubt I had a. I doubt I had a Gretzky or a Mickey Mantle card in my bicycle spokes, though. Uh, and if you did, I would hope that you you, you really looked at that. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't know about retired, Tony, but some of them may have been worth some money. That's true. But hey, 
you have to admit, baseball cards in your bike spokes really did make an awesome sound when you were flying around the neighborhood, right? Showing my age, I don't know if kids still do that today, but that was so fun. Well, let's stick with childhood collectibles for another minute and mention comic books. Those colorful and action-packed stories many of us loved growing up now have rabid followers willing to shell out big bucks for rare titles. Um, 1962's Amazing Fantasy number 15, the first appearance of Spider-Man in 1938's Action Comics number one. Well, the first appearance of Superman both sell for millions of dollars. Yeah, I I just you know, sold a comic. I just sold a comic that uh, my mom had had, uh, Superman and Lois Lane from the mm-hmm. I don't know fifties or sixties, um, and uh, she found it, wanted me to sell it. It was in okay condition. It wasn't terrible. Uh, it was in okay condition. I think we got sixty five bucks on eBay for it. Nice. Um, wow. Well, you know, many their less rare comics still have hefty price tags. Uh, a signed Spider Man number three hundred from nineteen eighty eight. Recently sold for nearly ten thousand dollars. Wow! Right. Wow! I thought so, I was doing you, good getting sixty. Right. You might have to have your mom dig dig up some yeah. more comic books. Yeah, there. I used to have a ton of them, <laughs> and then they all got thrashed. You know, I read them over and over again until they practically fell apart in my hands. So right. Yeah. <laughs> well, unlike comic books, quality furniture is made to stand the test of time, and as time goes by, some of that furniture becomes very valuable. As the article notes, a vintage six-board blanket box can sell for $650, and a Danish modern side table can put as much as $260 in your pocket. Uh, There was a time when nobody wanted the very distinctive furniture that dominated the 1950s and 60s, but guess what? What was once popular and then completely out of style is once again popular. Some people are willing to pay a premium for that. Oh, so very 1950s coffee table that's sitting in your basement. Yeah. And on more than one occasion, I've been wandering around an antique store or an estate sale and just stopped dead in my tracks because I see a piece of furniture that's almost identical the one that was in my grandparents' house when I was a kid. Right. And then I'm like, oh, that would be so cool to have. That's exactly like the one. It brings back all those memories. Then I see the price tag. <laughs> right. And then, uh, yeah, because then I remember when nobody in the family wanted grandma's furniture. Live and learn, I guess. Definitely. <laughs> Very definitely. Well, you know, I think the next potential, potentially valuable item is really going to surprise you, Tony. Ready? Okay. It's posters. That's right. Those things you bought for a couple of bucks and used to decorate your old bedroom, your dorm room walls uh, when you were a kid. Now, a poster from the Fillmore West music venues closing in 1971, which featured legendary acts like the Grateful Dead and Creedence Clearwater Revival, sold for more than $1,200. And how's this one for not being in Kansas anymore? An original Wizard of Oz movie poster in good condition sold for $108,000. That's amazing. That's amazing since you can get reprints for 10 bucks, right? So <laughs> right. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, do you have anything else for us before we go today? You know, if you like more info about what we've discussed today, I'd encourage you all to visit my website at www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com or call my office at 586-752-7008. And 
Discuss how we might be able to answer your questions, address your concerns, and it's also our goal to help you prepare you for the retirement you've worked so hard for. All right. Thanks, Albert. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Own Your Retirement with our host, Albert Lalonde. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to Own Your Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Albert Lalonde at Kaizen Financial Group. Call 586-752-7008 or visit them online at kaizenfinancialgroup.com. Advisory services offered through Kaizen Wealth Management LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Michigan. Insurance products and services are offered through Kaizen Financial Group LLC, an affiliated company. Albert Lalonde and Kaizen Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.